just you get to choose. Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending, so we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. So clearly, that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information, and you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know what, like the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. Coach Nick and I are back with another episode of Two Seekers. We have Tamar Nelson joining us shortly. Uh, one thing I'd like for the audience and the listeners to listen for is what Tamar says about disruptions and how that could actually be a benefit to us, something we've all experienced uh, over these last couple of years, but how we could still maintain that principle moving forward into our future endeavors. How about for you, Coach? And the, and the importance of resilience when it comes to small and large organizations and, and what is it that we need to remind ourselves of like to continue to get better is the fact that we need to continue to get better and so many principles that Tamar shares that are tight all together and important for organizational success regardless of the size of, of that of that company love it please enjoy this episode of true seekers with guest Tamar Nelson Hello and welcome to another episode of True Seekers along with Coach Nick Davies. I am Coach Josh Greco. We have Tamar Nelson joining us today. What's up, Tamar? Hi, how are you guys doing? <laughs> so great. I'm excited to uh, dive deep into our conversation today. We've had a couple conversations uh, leading up to this one, but I love your energy. I love your background. I love uh, so much about uh, your mission and, and what you're working on but I don't want to steal all the uh, spotlight here. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and give us whatever necessary background you feel uh, we need to know. Good day to everyone, to all your wonderful listeners. My name is Tamara Nelson, and I am an operational resilience specialist. I've been working in this field for 20 plus years. I, my background is in industrial engineering and you know, continuous improvement is something that is, I would say, in my DNA. So I am very thrilled and honored to be here to share and to just learn as well from everyone here. So thank you for having me from, and all of this is coming from sunny Jamaica. <laughs> Coach Nick, when you hear the words continuous improvement, what do you, what do you think about? Takes me right back to my corporate days. <laughs> That's what it takes me back to. <clears throat> um, I, I mean, so is operational resilience is is that part of continuous improvement, or is it anything to do with like business continuity? Is it is it? Can you can you clarify that tomorrow? Sure, sure. So I I would say that um, operational resilience has to do with building resiliency in yeah. operations, and I really see the need for this especially now particularly in we are living in that era of great disruptions so mm -hmm. things are just happening more frequently at a greater scale and it's taking a longer time to recover so what we have to do in business is to build in our operations um, systems to ensure that when these disruptions happen one we can respond in a, in a good time but also the recovery period is also shortened so that we can not only thrive, 
but survive. So it incorporates a bit of business continuity, risk um, management, it has a communication strategy, it deals with your, your IT um, framework. Um, there's a huge communications component and a measurement piece as well. So it does Im include all of what you just mentioned. Oh, it really made me think of. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I got to share a story. It made me think about when I when I lived in Asia. There, there's the disaster recovery business continuity is really important because of typhoons and stuff. So there was a guy. I remember this guy who was in charge of that. Uh, so he'd, he'd he'd have to be on call all the time. So he'd take his laptop everywhere. And he'd go out to nightclubs and put his laptop behind the DJ booth. Like, can you, <laughs> hey man, can you look after this for me? And so like, he'd be on call when he needed to be, uh, but he wanted to live his life as well. It's a fun on a Friday night. But so that's what made me think about that for sure. But what, can I ask tomorrow, like what juices you up? What gives you energy? You said continuous improvement is in your DNA. And I, I, I've got a different, me and coach, I think you've got a different spin on this now when it comes to coaching perspective. So what yeah. is it that gives you the energy about this? Like what makes you go... Mm, I need to do that or like that was really really fun or like I got a lot of a lot of emotional upbeat from that what is that for you well that for me is really seeing things improve things okay. get so both the people and the systems when you see that result that you know I consider myself very results oriented you know when I see that improvement in individuals in business um, in what they do and and you know what is put in place is realized that gives me great satisfaction you know to see all of those changes happen for good for better I'm wondering tomorrow if you can share because I know just from our conversations you deal with a very wide cross-section of companies and different people is there a common thread of the companies you've worked with um, that you've noticed like everyone has in common that needs to be fixed or addressed or is very uh, risky the way that they're built what, what would that thing be I would say that I consider there are never there are much similarities between organizations and nature, right? So I consider organizations like an organism. Mm -hmm. So you have different parts that work together. And when you look at nature, you'll see also that everything is a system, just like an organization, it's a system. And what one of the things that you have to do when you have a system is to, you know, to look at um, any stimuli what the actions are and the feedback, right? To ensure that we are continuously getting better, improving, um, agile with what's happening in the space. And so, you know, I am seeing where there is a stimulus, there is a response, but a lot of times we fall down on that feedback side. And that feedback is so important, right? For for, for an, very important information to move forward, to grow, and to continue to thrive, especially in, in times like these. And so my answer would be not only that feedback, but having a system in place that captures that information and continuously uses it to help organizations to be better. I would say that would be my general response to that question. I love it. Feedback is such an interesting topic because you can choose to do something about it or not do something about it, right? There's always a choice. 
Yes. So I'm wondering, is there a difference in smaller companies versus larger companies? Like it might be just my belief system that it's harder to implement change or to respond to feedback if a company is larger. What would you, what would you say to that? Well, if you go back to the scenario of, of a system, you know, the more moving parts you have, the more complex it gets. And one of the things that, you know, we learn as engineers is that you know we try to make the complex simple <laughs> so it's breaking down that complexity and get it to a point where it's it's easy to do and persons understand why they are doing it so you know if we look at it from that perspective i would say it's the same approach you know the same approach but however in a large organization it's a it's a it's a big organization bigger organism which means it has more parts to maintain um, more connections to to um, ensure that you know things are flowing and firing through those <laughs> those spaces and so you know but it's the same approach we would have really what type of resistance do you see because i i love your passion for this tomorrow and I also, in my experience, and like Josh said, you know, perhaps that's just my experience, but it, oftentimes in that big organization or that big organism, there are people there that perhaps go, we've always done it like this. What do you mean? I don't want to change. Like, just let me get on with my job. You've never heard that before, right? <laughs> we all have heard it, Nick. <laughs> We have, and and you know, you you would you know you'd be familiar with terms like the, the silo mentality, you know, yeah, and right. the organization. You know, yes. Communications goes goes through the door, and and per, you know, but that interconnection is important because, you know, it it's it will be foolhardy for one department per se to say you know sales to say it's better than operations or operations. Um, you know, more important than HR, because all have their strengths, just like how you would have the, the brain, the eye, the heart, you know, so one of the things I like to, you know, to say is that, for example, the operations is the heart of the organization, but the people are the core, right? So everything is connected and we all have, they all have to work together, but specific attention has to be paid to the people to keep things going, to have things upright, right? Um, to have that stability, that foundation that's necessary. So there's a huge component that has to be a, a huge amount of time that's spent on understanding the people, the dynamics of the people, um, what it is that is necessary to get everybody on board on the same page so that everyone is moving in the same direction and working in unison toward the goals of the organization. And that is key for any improvement or change, or change initiative that that is, is um, considered. And uh, I think, um, Nick, you mentioned Asia, and I did also spend some time in Asia. And one of the things that impressed me working as a consultant and really learning the, the Japanese way of, of doing improvement in business is that they harness the, the power of the people and utilize that on a daily basis, you know, for, towards the goal of the company. So instead of having persons in silos and sticking to a job description, they really 
embodied what it is or what it meant to to grow and to improve and live that on a daily basis so it wasn't a forced thing they, they all bought into it and what that did is that meant that innovations were happening all the time persons the spin-offs are not just for the organization but it's a win-win for everybody because you know persons are now more engaged they are um, happier they are more collaborative and the, the company benefits they they benefit because they are less stressed there is more harmony so yeah. you know this approach is definitely something that i've seen that works to that to that point tomorrow how how long does it take to implement that change and then maybe part two to that question is there any like go-to exercise or principle or team building activity that you go to 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 allow people to lean into that change well hmm, that's a two-part question so the time it does vary from company to company right in terms of the time period but one of the things that even when i was in japan like the senses or the masters that were you know grooming us in, in this space would say is that once you have identified um, an era for improvement, you need to act on it immediately. Mm. So it's not something that you would say, you know, I need to fix that. That's an, a problem that I have. And you leave it there for years. And somebody say, do you know you have that problem? Yeah, I'm aware of it. Okay. <laughs> what that becomes, it becomes a bigger problem as time goes on. So the, the, what we have to do is to, as soon as it's identified, we fix the issues. So if something can be fixed in a day, don't wait, don't give it a three month timeline to do, right? So what we we'll do is to, you know, form a, a, a cross-functional team, for example, and, you know, no, not a huge team, not 20 persons, you're talking about, you know, three to six persons, keeping it small and, and you know, you resource them, you go through and look at what are some of the pain points or the major bottlenecks that are happening right now. And then you can use a principle like Pareto's principle to select, you know, what are the most critical things at this time and focus on those things and give yourself a timeline, no, no greater than, than three months, right? To say, okay, this is what we are going to be working on. Give the team all the, the resources that they need to do so, and you'll see magic happen, right? Um, I've tried this approach several times and the results are astounding. You know, you, you, you just infuse them with, with a kind of energy that is that goes beyond anything that a paycheck could do. Mm. That's the kind of energy that you need. And it, it, that energy is, is contagious and it just spreads like wildfire through the organization and then you have you know in a in a time when things are, everyone is going down you see a company going up <laughs> in terms of their their improvement and trends so yes yeah i'd love to get coach nick's thoughts on that too because we're we're probably one of those examples is the coaching firm you know business has picked up over the last couple of years and we talk a lot about managing you know you mentioned energy we might call it our state uh, yes. we, we're in control of a lot of things that we uh we maybe feel like we don't 
especially during the times of COVID, it, it reminded us of what we don't have control over and what we do right. and what we can get back to. And um, I just think it's been, you know, we, we've talked about it frequently over the podcast because we've we've done this for a couple of years now, uh, but it's all been during the pandemic. So it's kind of interesting to to see it unfold over, over these last couple of years. So I'm, I might ask Coach Nick, you know, now that we're two years in and we've recorded all these episodes together, uh, <laughs> anything... <laughs> Anything stick out to you that's been different from before as far as managing state or controlling what we can't control and letting the rest go? I think that the uh, pandemic was a very interesting situation in many ways, but like in this context, it's like the collective comfort blanket was pulled away. So there's less places to hide. Uh, so I think that's been something that's been really helpful for people that decide that they're going to lean into that. I think, and I just think that's always true. The only difference is how stark is it in your particular environment, right? So that season, the thing that happened, happened to everyone in the whole world. But usually it's just the season of where you particularly are, right? So whether it's your country or your your organization, your business or your life, like there's always the seasons of where that happens as well. So it all depends, right? Because you always get to choose. And, and so I'd rather be in a situation which gives you the push. Like I just got back from uh, vacation, Co- Coach Josh, you know that. And I spent two two weeks back in England tomorrow. And, and so getting back yesterday, and I spent an extra week there because me and my wife and my mother-in-law got tested positive for COVID. So that was unexpected. And I came back yesterday and I was like, I was even more fired up than I was before because I got some urgency back, right? Because my season had changed a little bit. So that was a push to go to that place to what was most important. And like, as you're talking tomorrow, there's so many triggers going off my mind about my corporate experience. And so there were so many things for that that weren't aligned with who I wanted, who I am, who I wanted to be, what I wanted to create for myself. But it's so many things that are similar. And it's just a reminder, like sometimes it's just like a, like a lock, right? Like a safe. You just need a couple of extra numbers and it's click, click, clicking in. And like for me, the move, taking all those principles you talked about, because coach, that's what we work with all the time. The semantics are a little bit different, but, but it's, it's really the same stuff, right? And so it's basically saying, have you got the right people on the bus? Uh, like in, in, because the first things first, if no one agrees that they don't, if like not everyone agrees they want to be there and they want to make things better, you could have tomorrow, you could have the best ideas in the world for continuous improvement. If people aren't listening or are not willing to listen, it doesn't matter because they won't change yet and it won't be like that, the beautiful existence like you talked about, right? You've got to have the right people that are committed to the outcomes. It's the same thing that we do, right? But just, uh, in a slightly different way and so it's so cool to see that um and, but like it's the same nothing changes right it's that i think that's why what we do collectively is always useful always powerful and in fact i would say it should be mandatory in a certain way because if we're not growing we're not changing not continuously moving forward uh, we die right and when i first got introduced the continuous improvement concept and and we coaching before we call it can i constant never end improvement but continuous improvement from a corporate perspective i you know what i first talked tomorrow that's great when does it finish (laughs) (laughs) it's a journey nick how do i know when we're done right like it's we're we're never done when we're we're done we're dead yeah so it's a great (laughs) reminder like if you aren't willing to go on a continuous improvement journey where you are in your business or your your job or a part of your life that should be very telling because it means you probably don't want to be there or you shouldn't be there yes absolutely yeah. absolutely i agree 100 nick and um you know when you're speaking one of the things that i saw 
um, happened during the pandemic was that a disruption always highlights your weakest area. Right, mm. that's 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 what comes to the fore, um, and it's important that when these disruptions happen, we don't ignore what it's showing us because what it's giving us is an opportunity to grow and to improve on something. So it may be, you know, I will use your scenario. Um, you got tested positive, you know, you could freak out and say, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> what am i going to do or you could say okay i will be in quarantine let me use this time to um you know read those three books that i i wanted to read or to bond more with with my wife or you know so you know or to you know build that website that you know that page on the website that i always didn't have time to do so it is you know <laughs> it you know, you can use the, the disruptions for opportunities, but especially in business, what I saw, for example, was that, um, you know, for, you know, communications went through the door and they didn't know, they, you know, it got worse. So it was a problem before it got even worse when a disruption happened or uh, there were some leadership issues. And of course, in a hybrid or so situation, it's a different kind of leadership that you're going to need yeah. um, in a situation. And instead of, fixing it some persons may just say okay there is no hybrid situation everybody back to the office so you know you would have lost out on that opportunity to grow and to develop your leaders for example in that case and um i saw this this struggle happening a lot and so i decided to start a podcast you know in operations called the coo's corner just to to be able to share success factors that persons can learn from that they don't have to go through it themselves and see what others are doing and how they can grow and improve as you know as time goes by even in a disruption so yeah i, I agree with you 100 percent on your thoughts on that awesome thank you so much thanks for saying that it's not really and this can be my takeaway coach right it's in extreme situations it creates extreme leverage if you think about there's a continuum, one extreme, no side, the other extreme, no side. Like during the pandemic, the opportunity uh, to to leverage extremes was true was much higher both sides. So as your point, if something's bad, it's going to be really bad. But the opportunity is so great because the the upside is just like people aren't leaning into it. So if you can win when it's like that, when things come back to more of the middle ground, like there's less differences in the middle, right? Things are more of the same in the middle. It's the extremes that make the difference. So if you so extremes create extreme leverage. If you can leverage and take advantage of those things when things are bad or unexpected, then when it comes back to to medium, then you're going to do much better than everyone. And if it goes the other side, you're gonna you're gonna be absolutely taken over in your particular field. I'm sure you you both coaches have been seeing that and experiencing that as things come back to normal, you are way ahead of the game because you are putting the work during that time period. So, you know, based on what you have said here, you you, you know what you're talking about. I really live in that. <laughs> you live it, absolutely. Well, and, and I fully embrace and embody um, a disrupt, disruption always highlights your weakest area. I wrote that down because that, that was so true. That was that was true for, for myself and that, uh, it go it couples with my takeaway today is act immediately. I think that's a, a lot of what you do tomorrow, right? Is you you work with companies so that they're able 
to act immediately. So yeah. if, if they don't have that resilience, they're not able to act immediately, or maybe that's the belief system that they have, but just build, build the system, build the organism so that it's built in so that you can adjust to those things that are highlighted when they're highlighted. And I've, I've talked before on, on, on the show about uh, Mel Robbins has a five second rule and it's not about food falling on the ground. It's about when you have an idea in your mind, you have five seconds before your mind talks you out of it. So if you wanna change something, do something, act on something, do it right away. As soon as you have that thought, and then, like you say, a thing that takes maybe a day to address, don't, don't wait to address it for three months. I love that. Yeah. So Tamar, bring us home, some sort of takeaway, something you're, um, something of value from our conversation today. And of course, we, we want you to highlight your podcast again, if you could just uh, okay. mention that, please. Yeah. Sure, sure. I would say to everyone listening in to really challenge the status quo. Uh, you know, we, we are used to things being, you know, at, you know, normal, but in the space that we are living in, disruptions are, are happening all the time. And it, you don't have to live in a particular part of the world for that to happen anymore. And mm. so if we can find even one thing within our space to improve daily, I think it would bring immense um, value to organizations today. Uh, there are lots of golden opportunities sitting there just waiting to be unearthed. And if you engage your teams, um, you know, they, they know where they are and they can help you to find them. And, you know, not just look at problems when they arise and put a band-aid over, band over it, but to really dig deep and get to the root cause of why these things are happening. And you know, you will see some great changes happening within your organizations, you know, and when the entire team is working together on looking for these golden nuggets, you know, can look, you know, focusing on continuously adding value and serving their customers, uh, you will see that the team really comes together and you'll have less of that resistance to change that will happen when when that happens so i would really encourage persons to to take that people-centric approach and you know find ways that it can improve and uh, if you want to hear more about how to you know build success in the operations today at an individual or a process or organizational level you can listen to the COO's Corner podcast on any of the major um, podcast platforms, or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, um, you know, if you can also find me on LinkedIn at Tamar-Nelson. And my, my website is TamarNelson.com. So I'd love to hear from you and hear all the successes that you are having and the improvements that are occurring in your organizations. I love it. The COO's corner, that's, that's great. Tamar Nelson, thank you so much for joining Truth Seekers. We'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, Check out some of our links, links to our masterclass, The Achiever's Mindset, 
come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks, and see you again next time.